live from the Business Radio X studio in Atlanta, it's time for Organization Conversation, brought to you by Wall Control Storage Systems. Wall Control gives you the storage and organization you crave. Now, here's your host, Richard Grove. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Organization Conversation. Um, this will be a fun one, and we actually kind of teased it a little bit at WorkbenchCon. Um, our buddies from Hangtime are here, and uh, we've got Marty and Curtis sitting down with us to talk about kind of family business and how we all got started, our histories together, and some exciting things we have going on. So it should be a good one for sure. Um, so yeah, Curtis and I sat down at WorkbenchCon, got, you know, had a little teaser chat, which was fun, really good event good connecting with everybody. Uh, yeah. So we wanted to have both of them in to go a little deeper into, you know, what, how we work together and that sort of thing. So welcome to the show guys. Yeah. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah. Glad to be here. So I'll, uh, you got, you can kick it off. I got Marty's Curdy, whatever, Curtis, Marty, whichever one wants to go first, kind of a little background about yourself and, um, you know, a little history behind hang time and, you know, the greater, the greater family business and how things developed. Yeah. So I'll start. Um, this is Curtis. Um, I graduated from Elon College with a marketing degree, um, kind of figuring out about halfway through my college career that um, stepping into the family business was a good opportunity and something that um, I definitely wanted to pursue. And I think Marty kind of figured it out right around that same time. He was a little bit younger, um, maybe in between freshman and sophomore year of college. And... Um, we stepped in, uh, myself starting in 1998 and Marty starting in 2000. What did that, what did that look like at the time? What was the family business like structurally? What family was it? I know we've talked about this before, but just so, you know, right, right. So feel for it. Yeah. Um, so at the time when Marty and I made our decisions, um, our grandfather who at the time was probably right around early eighties, um, was basically running it. Um, he, uh, our, our father had passed away in 1996 and the, obviously the succession plan was to, for my dad to continue to run as president. Um, and then, um, my grandfather kind of step away or, you know, continue it with like a chairman type role. Um, but um, with our father's passing, um, we kind of skipped that generation, and that's really where Marty and I saw the need to come in, you know, and get through college, you know, kind of uh, divide our roles um, equally and step right in and, and see how we could help out. Wow, that I didn't. I actually didn't know that. I didn't. That's super challenging. I can only imagine. You know, we fortunately, it's, you know, it's been a little more natural, you know, discussions of those things. Uh, but yeah, to have to just jump in and learn as you go. And I mean, learning out of college is a challenge because you have no history to pull from aside from what little experience you've been able to acquire there. I mean, I know with our family business, I didn't start working there till I was 18 because you couldn't, um, you had Mm -hmm. insurance. It's not very, you know, safe for a young kid to be in there with, you know, 900 ton presses hitting buttons. But, um, yeah, it would have been that would have been uh, super challenging not having that sort of hand holding experience right out of the gate. Well, yeah, we actually did. Um, basically, by the time that we were thirteen years old, uh, our dad and grandfather kind of had the foresight to 
bring us in. And every summer, uh, Curtis and I were, were actually running a lot of the equipment. Um, at times, you know, they, every summer we would jump around to a different machine, different department. Um, so they, things you couldn't do today, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. stuff that, uh, no, we have, know. we definitely have, uh, some, you know, envelope, uh, sealers and right. things like that, that are cousins and such. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stuff that definitely would have been frowned upon today, but, but they, uh, they did have the foresight to start, uh, bringing us up within the business so that eventually one day we would understand, you know, um, how everything ran, uh, what each uh, employee contributed and, and everything that went into running the business, you know, like Curtis said, the what they didn't uh, foresee was our dad passing away so quickly and, the, you know, the torch being passed at such a young age, um, which, again, like you said, certainly uh, provided a lot of uh, challenges and in, in coming in at, at, you know, 22 years old, uh, trying to come in with new ideas and stuff that, that people had done for a long time, um, was, was a good bit, bit of a challenge, but, but something that, you know, Curtis and I, it was nice to be able to, to do that together as, you know, uh, as a family. And we had a lot of really good support too, from, um, our dad's, uh, uh his sister, uh, and, and the remaining part of the family that was still partial owners of the company that really gave us a lot of support and, and advice throughout the years as well. Gotcha. Yeah. I, um, Marty and I were not too popular. Uh, and when we first started, there was, um, there were definitely some things that needed cleaning up. Um, our granddad was doing the best he could, but at 80, 81 years old, there's only so much you can physically and, and mentally do, um, and continue to run a business successfully. Um, he did have some good people surrounding him that were, that were really looking after things, um, in a, in, in a, semi-responsible way, but, um, there was definitely some things when Marty and I came in that we realized right off the bat that needed to, needed to change. And of course, with any change, you get resistance to oh, that. Yeah. So I totally could see that being, um, a point of challenge for sure. I mean, you guys yeah. are young and you, I mean, that's the hard part about one of the hard parts about family businesses. Like it, it even if you're qualified, it's hard to, it, it's just, it's hard for, somebody who's been there for a long time to see that transition start to take place. And no matter how good your ideas are, or what your perspective is, it's just, that's just a challenge. Like I would, I would feel the same way, you know, on the flip side of it, um, there's an expectation on you that isn't on anyone else. And it's not like, it's almost like you kind of feel like you, you know, burnt the ships to charge the Island. Like you, you can't just go hop around, go somewhere else. Like you're vested, you're in there. Like it, this is like, you got to win the war or you're, not getting off the island kind of thing. So for sure. Um, yeah, definitely balancing those two like feelings are hard to do as it is. And I can only imagine coming in, you know, with the steering wheel, essentially at such a young age, trying to, you know, stake your, you know, stake your claim, show, show the value that you bring and get people on board with what your vision is. For sure. I mean, we had people that were three times our age working there, you know, trying to, um, you know, take advice from somebody who's 22 years old. I mean that, you know, yeah, you can, yeah, you can only imagine. I mean, uh, Marty, um, just to back up a little bit, Marty is our operations, um, COO. Um, so he was seeing things a little bit differently than I was, um, more from an operational standpoint, seeing, um, see like finding things in the, in the factory that could be, 
you know, done much more efficiently. And, um, you know, that same process could have been, uh, could have been being done for like 40 years or something. And then here he steps in and wants to change it. And, um, so you can imagine, um, that side, but, uh, me being in marketing, um, I saw our companies as basically just a one product company and, knowing right off the bat that if we wanted to continue to be successful, we needed to diversify. Um, and that's, you know, kind of a tie in to what we're going to be talking about here later is, is, you know, looking for other products, opportunities, um, that you can, um, obviously, um, capitalize on or, um, you know, just to continue, um, you know, uh, continue the family business in a way that, um, you know, is representative of, you know, kind of how our grandfather, uh, always wanted things run. Yeah. That, and that's actually a good tie in to, so going back to what was that one product and then what has the evolution looked like for you guys up until the point where, you know, our partnership started, I mean, we've, our family businesses have been working together for decades, but up until the point that the hang time brand started and the wall control partnership. And we got into, you know, this fun niche we find ourselves in now. Right. Right. So go ahead. I mean, if you want to take it back to the late 1800s, we can start there. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's do that. I like, yeah, let's go back to when it, that's another, I mean, th- there's so many cool things to talk about and it's hard to like, we're just going to bounce around a little yeah, bit. Cause yeah. it's like, you want to start with, all right, well, should we explain hang time first? Well, I've, I assume everyone listening probably already knows what that is or they see it in the title they clicked on, but yeah, so let's go back to, Let's go way back and start there. Yep. So the the, um, the company Dixie Seal and Stamp Company uh, was started uh, in 1897, and the seal and stamp portion of it was literally notary seals, rubber stamps, um, stuff like that. Brass so, stencils. Correct. Um, early 1900s, it was doing stencils for for Coke and uh, for, that would go on the side of the Coke crates, um, and it you know the, the business would evolve over the years. Um, you know, our, 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 our grandfather took it over, um, in the uh, mid to mid to late forties. And, uh, eventually the, uh, product that got us into doing metal decorating was a bike plate, a kid's bike plate. Um, Kellogg's and Lay's got us to do a program. Kurt can take over at any point here if if I I make a mistake here. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but Kellogg's or Lay's asked us to do a program, or my grandfather to do a program where um, someone would send a uh, something in from the the cereal box, and they would have a bike plate made for them, and and they would hang it on the bike, um, and then evolved into. Uh, eventually doing a license plate uh, for the Atlanta Chamber of Commerce when the population of Atlanta hit a million. So our grandfather wow. was asked to do that back in, what was it, late 50s, early 60s, something like yeah, that? I think it was like mid-50s or okay. so. Um, our grandfather was quite the cowboy. He um, he could never say no to a, to, uh a favor or, um, an opportunity. So when he was asked to do the, um, city of a million license plate, um, he, he agreed to do it, but yet had zero equipment to manufacture it. So, yeah, you hear so many success stories that that's the, that's what, you know, it's, and like when we were at workbench con, a lot of people like that, that guy, Jay Paul, the carpenter, he was talking about, um, like this crazy bed swing thing he made for a celebrity. And it's like, can you, 
here's what I'd like. Can you make it? Yeah. And then go home and figure out how to make it. Yep. So <laughs> right. that was pretty much the epitome of our grandfather. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but I think, you know, just constantly evolving the product line throughout, you know, the last 126 years, um, we feel like has really been, has, has not only kept us going, but continued to, you know, drive our success. Gotcha. So what, when you guys, um, stepped in, what were you guys making and what kind of, how did you expand the product line under your leadership? Right. And so, so kind of what I meant earlier by a one product company, you know, the rubber stamp and seal business had really started to phase out and we were looking to market that side of the business, sell it, which we, which we have. Um, but essentially the one product we were manufacturing was that front, uh, promotional license plate. We were making them at the time for, um, auto dealers, which we still do. Um, we had licensing with, um, the NBA, the NFL, major league baseball, um, you know, hundred plus colleges. Um, and so, uh, while that's, that product is still, um, our number one product, um, we just, we didn't have anything else at that point. And our concern was that, you know, if the, you know, federal government came in and said, okay, every, you know, vehicle registered vehicle in the United States now needs both front and rear license plates that would have essentially put us out of business overnight. Wow. And so, um, you know, I started looking at, you know, what can we do without totally reinventing the wheel here? What, you know, we're, we're using aluminum coil, uh, to make, to manufacture these license plates, to silk screen on them, to emboss them, things like that. Um, but what other product can be made from this same exact aluminum coil? Maybe it's just a different size. So that's really when we got into the metal sign business and, um, and that, you know, just kind of took off immediately. And, um, it wasn't such a, a drastic, um, request from, from me, the marketing department to production to say, okay, you know, we're talking about maybe a little bit of tooling change here, yeah, a little different shape, yep. a little different texture embossment. Yep. Yeah. Maybe, maybe bringing in a different size coil, but, um, you know, we're not totally, like I said, reinventing the wheel here. Um, we can use all of our same <clears throat> equipment, um, same substrate, uh, but without having that limitation, that we had with the license plate product, um, you know, um, there's, there was currently 20 U S states that could use both the front and rear license plate. And of course, everybody knows with signage, you know, it's unlimited, you know, the, the uses everyone, every business, you know, uh, needs some type of signage, uh, some way. Um, so opened up. Yeah. You have massive market potential with that. So I know about that and I know it's hard to get into that no matter how big your market is getting any penetration into it and your first sale, your first customer. So how, what did that look like going through the process of trying to market it? Where'd you guys find successes there? And, you know, we'll probably have listeners that are listening, you know, for the wall control hang time side of it, but also who might be your potential customers at the macro scale for Dixie, you know? Sure. So what would, what does that process look like? And how did you guys again, start to get into that space? Yeah. So I think it was mostly just focusing on looking at our top five customers. Um, me being, you know, I I really, it was my first introduction to meeting a lot of them because I had just stepped in, you know, out of school and, um, you know, getting to know what types of products, uh, what types of other products outside of Dixie that they were selling and, um, come to find out, you know, they were buying, you know, 
um, competitive product, but in plastic. So for instance, like a, um, like a souvenir street sign for the NFL. And, you know, obviously we proposed doing that in that same product, but in metal, would that, would that be of interest? Is there a market for that? And so, um, you know, we, we basically had, you know, uh, a unanimous yes from our top five guys. So we knew we had something um, and we almost had immediate distribution just as soon as the um, tooling and, and um, you know, the, once we started rolling out that product, we, we had instant orders. These guys were lining up for it. So um, that it was, it was actually fairly easy. Um, It was an easy sell. And then having the customer base, being able to, you know, you're already in the door. So you're just taking an expanded catalog. So that's a, uh, that's nice. <laughs> yes. So, um, so we felt really good where that was going from a diversification standpoint. Gotcha. Yeah. How was that Marty on the operational side trying to, I mean, I know about trying to manage a bunch of different SKUs and the, the, there's a lot of uh, bottlenecks. I don't think people think about when they're like, Oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? why don't you do it in that color? Well, if I do that in that color, now I've got 15 different SKUs. Like I have to have physical space for those things, you know? So it's like, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, operational hurdles that limit offerings, especially at scale that I don't think come front to mind to your, to your customer asking for stuff. For sure. For sure. And in, in all actuality, Curtis did a lot of that before I even got there. <laughs> so, um, he did, he was, like I said, he, he was the one that expanded us from the single product up to, to a lot of the signage. And then where, um, when I came in was when we really started, um, uh, Curtis and, and I got together and we got with, um, some of the local breweries and, and one of the local breweries in particular, um, Sweetwater asked us to do a beer sign for them. And that was really when we had to expand our equipment in order to accommodate the ability to um, print some of the, the dynamic things they wanted us to print. As yeah, because they're like all custom shapes Correct. and like their own. Yeah, it's Correct. not like you guys got a ton of, you know, dyes in the back. Right. I guess you call them dyes. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that... Uh, all those shapes and you know, the cataloging of all that stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. So, so, you know, when, when Kurt started, you know, the, the process, it was using the current equipment. Um, when we went to expand to do a lot of, a lot of the larger customized signage was when we really had to invest a lot in new printing techniques, uh, new embossing, uh, presses and dies and die cutting dies. And, um, that's really what, uh, when I came in, um, the, the challenge that I faced was to try to figure out, you know, how we could print differently than we had been printing for 50, 60 years, um, and how to get it to not only adhere to what we we're printing on, but also form when we go to emboss it. There's just a lot of different, um, things that we had to do in order to get that, the, the expanded product line up and going a little bit more than, than what we had prior. So, so, and you got, this is just me curious, you print before you emboss. Correct. Yeah. I thought that was, I, I learned that like on one of the many times I've walked your floor, but that just seems well, like that's a, a major challenge, challenge right there. for yeah, sure. I mean, I mean I you got to think that the inks themselves have to be able to form and to, to essentially stretch flex, yeah. Yeah, flex um, and to draw, uh, which is, which is a huge challenge. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, we worked on it for, I probably worked on it for about 10 years uh, trying to get the, the, the proper formula for a certain ink series to be able to do that. And, um, 
so that was one of the major challenges in order to expand our, our, our business into doing a lot of the custom die cut, you know, um, printed signs that, that we're doing today. Yeah. Even at, so at, even at scale, what percentage of, uh, like signs would be scrapped because of some embossing issue? Um, just, I'm just curious. Cause I think about, I at, mean, at, we, you at know, the even, start or now <laughs> both of them. Yeah. Like how do you, you know, how do you, I guess put that into the, the equation of here's how much this thing cost me to make. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was definitely a lot of R and D to begin with. Um, yeah. but, but I, you know, over time we really, we really, um, were able to do it pretty successfully. And, and to this day, I mean, you know, we have very, very little reject uh, yeah. material and, and fortunately, you know, our, our product being aluminum is recyclable. So yeah. as much as you hate, you know, especially with, with prices the way they are now, you hate to, to recycle. I mean, to, 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 uh, have a bad part, at least it, it is a recyclable, uh, material that you can, you yeah. know, the company can recoup some of that money back at least. Yeah. And it's almost in a way it's kind of good. It's hard. I mean, we see that with our stuff and you know, it, there's easy ways to make things. And then there's ways that are more costly and, you know, progressive tooling for things. That's, that's a challenge is expensive. Um, but you can be way more consistent and it's a nice barrier to entry. You, you know, you don't want someone to be able to just yep. go in their garage and start making those things. And so, um, yeah, you want to, that's another thing I feel like it, people maybe don't think about is the complexity can sometimes be a, a big benefit, uh, mm -hmm. just to just competitively. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point. You know, we were approached, um, frequently about certain products, um, that, you know, that kind of the outside our distributor group or, um, uh, uh, sales rep makes suggestions about, Hey, why don't you, why don't you look into manufacturing this product? And, you know, if it's something that, you know, hundreds of other manufacturers in the United States are already doing, then that's a very little interest. Yeah. Um, I think that, um, you know, a lot of the success that, that Dixie and, um, wall control has seen is the, is, is having a unique product that just like you said, you know, can't just be made in somebody's garage. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, um, it's, um, whether it be a patented thing or, or whatever, um, you know, the detail and the things that a lot of people don't think about, you know, um, a lot of that is going into manufacturing this product. Um, like Marty said, you know, just the flexibility of the inks, you know, that's not just something that you can, uh, talk to any ink supplier about. Um, it was, it was a lot of R and D and, um, glad that part's, uh, over and done with. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So, um, so all that, you know, kind of segueing, I guess, into the modern day, um, when did you guys realize you, you know, the wall control fit might mm -hmm. be a good one. Um, sounds like a lot of historically it was promotional materials, things like that, that, uh, you maybe wanted to diversify out of a little bit. Um, so yeah, how did, how did that transition go internally for you guys? Go ahead. Um, well, we had been working with your dad for many years on the tooling side. Um, as Kurt was saying, you know, a lot of the tools and stuff that we needed in order to make some of the signage take hard tooling that, you know, DeKalb tool is, is, is known for in, uh, for many years. And so I had been going to your dad and getting some of our dyes either made or sharpened or, or, um, for, for a long time. 
And uh, it wasn't until, I guess, probably about 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago, your dad uh, came to me and, and, and he and I were talking to him and he brought up the wall control product. And, um, you know, I always thought it was super cool. I was trying to figure out, you know, how we could work together. And at, the, at that particular time, you know, the, the stars just didn't align and we didn't have the equipment that we now have. Um, and really, it wasn't until, um, you know, COVID hit that I was over there working with him and, and, and picking up a die. And, and I said, how are, you know, how's business going? He's like, oh, man, it goes, I can't keep up with the wall control side. And it was it was the his enthusiasm and, you know, the way that he talked about it was was where I went, you know, a kind of a light bulb went off and I went back and told Curtis, I was like, man, they're, you know, he says they're killing it with wall control over there during the, you know, during COVID because everybody's at home and everybody's decorating their garage. And, um, so, you know, Kurt and I kind of, we sat down at lunch and we were like, all right, well, you know, maybe, maybe we need to look at, you know, seeing if we can decorate a, 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 bl- a blank white panel and see, you know, use the equipment that we have and see again, go through the R and D again and see if we have the proper adhesion and the proper performance that that we would need. So I'll jump in and just say it was cool to watch that process. Yeah. And again, for for people to appreciate the effort that goes into just printing on a panel. Like you think, oh, you just put it on the table and you print on it. But like, you know, the any little contour from any flange to the next or the middle, you know, the stuff the stuff you had to build to to make it dead consistent. I mean What's the tolerance on like a printer head if you're going across something like that? Well, I can tell you if if it's not right, you got problems. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, you got, <laughs> I mean, you got you got head strikes and and stuff like that that could really cause oh, a lot sure. of a lot of damage yeah, and, and costly cost, damage. Costly yeah. damage Very for costly. sure. Um, but um, but you know, it, it it was something that, like I said, Curtis and I talked about, and we thought, man, if if we could get this going, then maybe you know this is our opportunity to work together and. Um, once we got the right formula and, uh, you know, the, the right tooling in order to set it up properly. Um, I remember us printing a couple panels that your dad had given us and, um, bringing them over to you guys. And, and, and really he said, you really need to talk to Richard. He <laughs> says, you know, I, I, he says, you know, I developed the product, but he said, R- Richard is the one that's the marketing genius. He's the one that's taking it to the next level. And he goes, what better way for you guys uh, to work together? So that's, I think, how the introduction came to be. That's certainly too high praise, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it, Dad. I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, it was so exciting to see the result. I mean, I can imagine, you know, it was similar to when, you know, our granddad cranked out that first license plate that he did awesome. for the Atlanta yeah. Chamber of Commerce. I mean, we were we were so blown away with like um, not only the quality of um, of what you know the end result was, but just oh my god, like the market that this could you know generate um, outside of possibly where you know wall control had already been sold for sure. Um, you know, if we could open this up to our, you know, sports licensing people and, you know, our automotive people. And I mean, you know, it was like the signage thing all over again. Like this is endless. Yeah. And you guys have done a fantastic job of like the website and anybody listening should check it out. The the ability to build your own and upload your own art, that that's an amazing uh, functionality of it. And like we've talked about a thousand times, the only frustration is you really can't tell how nice it is in a picture or even a video. Like if you see it in person, 
it's it's better than it's online. Most of the time, you know, you go look at a house online, it's like the pictures are like, all right, it's not going to look like that when I get there. This is one of those things that it's way better when you hold it in your hand than what you see it on a screen. And with like the artist series that we had at WorkbenchCon, mm-hmm. that was the first time I saw some of those. And it's just, it's got like a, I don't even think it has a texture, but it looks like it's got like, it, it's just, it, you, you want to touch it. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, um, so one of the ways, um, I mean, one of the main ways that we drive new business um, is doing trade shows. And so um, we feel like not only the wall control product, but our all of our aluminum products as well is a very like touchy feely type of thing. You know, you can only do it so much justice on the web. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we uh, our you know, our strategy in, in these trade shows is to bring as many samples um, to hand out to people to take home with them to help sell the product um, after the show um, is, is the most beneficial form because people actually do have it in their hands. They can feel the quality. Um, and yeah, yeah to, they, to, and to they, your point. I mean, a lot of people really just need to see something too. I mean, even just wall control in general, it's really hard to explain it even to mm-hmm. people that are like professional organizers I found. So it's like, Oh, we sell, we manufacture, it's a metal pegboard system for tool storage. And you can kind of see the gears turn in and you got to be like, you know, in your garage, like the wooden brown stuff. And it's like, yeah, but it's nicer than that. Like nobody that doesn't resonate at all. It wouldn't for me if I didn't know what it was. So like us trying to tell our story of what we do is a challenge. And then like layer on top of that, we've talked about it. The, the beauty of what you guys are doing is it's functional wall art. Like it's the wall decor that also stores stuff. You know, you're like checking two boxes. So that's like a whole nother level of, the ability to be able to market that and communicate it with someone who's never heard of, you know, pegboard, you know? So that's a, to the point of it's good to see it in person. It's good to be at trade shows. And a lot of the, uh, you know, the benefits you guys have of, again, those longstanding relationships and with like our, our, you know, our brand partners and brand ambassadors is if you can get it in the hands of someone who can explain it better than we can to their particular audience or their market, that's a really good way to spread things out quickly. The the hard part is building momentum is really the hard part. Like it's, you know, it takes a long, it takes time for whatever reason. Like it literally just takes some time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, when we first built the website, um, which like you said, we did it all in house, Sam that we have is our, is our director of sales and marketing, um, just a wizard on the computer and, and just a, a very, very smart marketing guy. Um, it, he built everything and then, you know, it did, like you said, it took some time to, to develop and, uh, remembering back that this is 2020 when this is all happening. So zero trade shows going on yeah. with the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Um, not an easy and, time to launch a product that you no, want people to see. <laughs> correct. Not, yeah. To put it in people's hands was not easy. Yeah. Um, at that time. And so now that trade shows have come back, I mean, the, the reception, uh, has just been, unbelievable. I mean, yeah. uh, it, it's obviously a niche product, but then again, kind of so is our signage and our license plates, the way that we do them. Mm-hmm. So this product just fits, um, the rest of the line uh, perfectly. And, um, these promo trade shows that we've taken them to so far, um, have been fantastic. And it, and, and the feedback we're getting from the different uses of, uh, maybe markets that you would have never thought of, um, 
you know, these promo guys are all over it. And, yeah. and, uh, so it's, it's super encouraging. Yeah. We, uh, talk about and talked about on previous episodes, but the old adage, the customer is always right. Like totally doesn't mean what people think it means. It doesn't mean that, you know, Karen gets a free meal at Cracker Barrel cause she complained. It means that <laughs> the customer knows what the customer wants, you know? Um, and they'll tell you, and same thing with like your promotional folks, there's probably, there's, things that we probably never thought about using it for that they'll, they'll show you, this is what it is, you know? And it's like, that's kind of the direction you go with it. So I, um, we've seen that with wall control and just applications. I would have never, I mean, when you think about it, when you see it, you're like, Oh, that makes total sense. But we would have not thought to spin something up for it. So even like the gym pegboard setups and garage, you know, things like that, that's really that it's a perfect fit, but it just, unless you're in that space, you don't, have that vision, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, it'll be exciting to see what your existing customers and then future customers, where they find it and let them tell you what the right use is for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. Yeah. Cool. So, um, new and exciting things. I mean, there's, this is all exciting stuff, but, um, any, anything upcoming that people can be on the lookout for as far as, uh, places to find it, um, new markets, that kind of thing that we can talk about. That's, you know, I, I think there's a few things that we can talk about for there sure. Might be some that we can't, but yeah. 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 I mean, we're, we're looking at, um, redesigning our entire collegiate line right now. Um, so we'll have all of that, um, definitely in time for this next football season. Um, so that's, that's one thing that we're excited about. We really haven't, um, gotten the Ford motor company program off the ground, but that's going to happen in the next couple of months. So we'll, <clears throat> we'll look for that. Um, but I think, you know, the most exciting thing, uh, opportunity that we've, um, just, you know, kind of recently cracked is, um, is the home depot's interest. So, um, kind of following wall controls lead, um, as you guys have been a vendor with them for probably over a decade now. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Um, you know, they've, they've also shown interest obviously in, in our wall control product, um, uh, with the various logos. And, um, so we'll see that where that goes, but that's really, um, you know, that's, that's the thing that we're most excited about currently is getting off, getting that program off the ground. Yeah, that'll be, it'll be, I think that'll definitely be a hit. Um, and the cool thing about platforms like that is it just gets it in front of so many more eyes than, you know, the best marketing and the best SEO, you know, you, you're tapping into a existing customer base of millions of people, um, that, kind of go there every day. So, right. Cool. Well, anything else you guys want to touch on before we start to wrap it up? Not that I can think of. No, yeah. we just, you know, yeah, this, uh, this has been fun yeah. and, and appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. I'm glad you guys were able to come on and you too, you come back on Curtis. So it's been, it's been a good time. Um, so, uh, what's the best way for people to reach out to you guys? Um, either, you know, you want to, send folks to the hang time yeah, store. I'd, yeah. I'd love it for people to check out hangtimestore.com. Um, that's where you can order, um, custom panels right from the website. Um, or we have, um, you know, 400 plus stock designs as well for people to check out uh, yeah. a few accessory kits to go with them. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you fellas for both, uh, being on. I'm sure this isn't the last one we'll sit down and talk about, you know, People stay tuned as new and exciting things roll out and some of these, uh, you know, 
new distribution channels come online. So check it out at online, your favorite store soon. So thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Organization Conversation is brought to you by Wall Control, a family-owned and operated producer of best-in-class wall-mounted organizers for your home or business, made right here in the USA. To learn more, go to wallcontrol.com.